Hey Guru, everyone. Hey Guru. Hey Guru. Hey, Welcome to Minute 75 of Awake Minute by Minute podcast. I'm hosting today. We have with us, as always, Mike and Priyank. Good to have you with us. We're really nearing the end of our journey here. And I, I told myself I wasn't going to say it, but uh, here I am talking about it. We only have, what, five minutes left, more or less, eight minutes? Or we counted it the other day. Was it seven? Yeah, um, something, in total, like something like that. So we're nearing the end. And uh, we are getting participation from uh, our listeners. And, you know, we have a few minutes left, but whatever interactions we can get from our listeners or watchers, uh, we can definitely try to incorporate that into the final minute. So please, you know, do continue to engage that way. But we do have an exciting minute um, in this minute. But from the last minute, we looked at the autobiography of a yogi being a doorway into the spiritual pathways, you know, for thousands of people around the world. So that was exciting seeing the multicultural um, reality of uh, SRF. In this minute, we're going to look at the boundlessness of Paramahansa Yogananda's and SRF, uh, SRF's lineage teachings, if I can say that right. Um, so we've got plenty to go into. So first, we see Professor, Professor uh, Wadwa of Columbia Business School. So he's there looking very smart. And he's somebody who we've had on the show before. And we'll link the uh, conversation in the description to this uh, minute. So please do jump in and have a look at that conversation. Um, so he, uh, Professor Wadwa was talking about Yogananda, saying how there was limited bounds of human lives. Uh, but at the same time, uh, there's infinite potentialities of the souls and afterward, we see Professor Clooney of Harvard Divinity School, who is another guest on our show. We've uh, done a special interview and conversation with him, and we will link that in this description uh, of this minute again. So feel free to jump back and, and give that a listen if you haven't already. And he's talking about the ability of humankind to overcome disease. Uh, and Yogananda, obviously, as many of the devotees know, talked about that to a good degree. But let's let's first go into what uh, Professor Wadwa said. Um, so really, well, what what did he say? Uh, he was talking about Yogananda encouraging people to simultaneously think about yourself as a little blip, a planet, but also that you had infinite potentialities, um, so that you had the eternal soul within us. Uh, so a really nice message there from him, and it it sort of made me think that he's spot on. In what he says here, Professor Wadwa, because Yogananda did really give that grounding, and he actually gave the vision of what you know we we could uh, realize the self-realization. Um, but he gave a little check uh, now and again to the ego, and a couple of things when I when I first um, joined SRF in, in London Centre, the chants made a really big impression on me. So wake my saint, wake. And I am the bubble, bubble, make me the sea. Like really personal, but really direct messages in the chants. And I remember just sitting there kind of in awe, like, you know, realizing the teachings coming to me through these, through these chants. Um, so it made me think, okay, well, I'm tiny. I'm this little bubble ready to burst at any time. Um, so insignificant, but yet you're part of the sea. So it was, it's such a beautiful uh, message. In, in a chant, in a simple chant. Priyank, what's your take? Yeah, of course. Also, the awake, no, my saint awake yet awake is 
the um, melody or the theme tune that, that we have at the start of this of every episode am i saying twig yet wig and interestingly just um two days ago actually i was quoting this <laughs> i was quoting this this chant because i was trying to encourage my younger brother-in-law um whom you've met mike <laughs> to start meditating and he was like no and he's you know he's got a very high-flying career and busy with his other you know social social life then and i was you know he's now you know mid mid 20s and he hasn't started he's like yeah i'll do it later and i was mm -hmm. like you know and i quoted you know parts of this parts of this wonderful chant amazing wake yet awake um you know pass thy time in idle words you know death will be at thy door you may not have time anymore and you know i really really tried to hit home that message but it wasn't it didn't didn't get through to him unfortunately hopefully in a in in, in the near future it would but uh, yeah i really like mm. what wadwa's message was mm -hmm. mike interesting that you mentioned that one of the reasons why he didn't want to um follow the path was that he said he had a high-flying career but i feel like those two things aren't really uh, mutually exclusive they are they more like complementary right especially if you play the long game right if you want to have a inner happiness and an outer strength then being spiritual is is really an important it's an important pillar in life and mm. i feel like that's what uh what professor watwa is kind of talking about that you kind of you live this life and you're just one tiny dot on a planet but um if you live the life with purpose then you can actually um fulfill your soul's um potential mm. You're going to have to talk about it in an early lesson to say, um, "Hey, if you're if you're in a job that you know you're really not challenged by, get out of it as quickly as possible. <laughs> you know, like vacate that job for somebody else who's coming up, and that job's going to be challenging to them. You know, that job's going to actually allow them to grow. So you're kind of making room for for other opportunities in, in people's lives. Interestingly, um, I've done the inverse of that <laughs> i've taken this really 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 like simple simple-ish job and um yeah. <laughs> and i've taken on really complex roles at the london center and uh you know so i'm getting i'm getting really really stretched at london center yeah. and this podcast is also part of that <laughs> stretching because yeah. we're not we're not as as listeners will know no doubt know we're not professional podcasters nor are we uh scholars in yoga how, how dare you scholars, <laughs> scholars in yoga uh, bibliography shall we say mm. but it's certainly a stretch and um doing all sorts of stuff other stuff like um, maintenance stuff at the center which i'm not really qualified for but that's so i'm getting, being really stretched through guruji not even mentioning all the you know affirmations and meditations and chanting stuff that way that i'm mm. that i'm doing but i'm being really i'm stretching myself in that way and not stretching mm. myself really at all in my employment yeah. and i really hope my manager's not listening to this podcast but, uh, <laughs> i can uh, yeah, i we'll can probably wage a good bet that he won't be listening <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
you'll get a promotion Priyank to a more challenging job. Yeah. Yeah. So on on, on that though, the Yogananda did say it's important to go out and earn and earn your keep, isn't it? Like get a job that you can bring some, you know, keep the food on the table, you know, the roof over your head. Um, and then dedicate yourself in, in passionate ways elsewhere. Didn't he? he said, basically, you know, if you're into gardening, that's a weekend thing. Like, don't, you know, uh, make sure that you're earning enough to, to keep yourself in a good, comfortable living condition. Um, and Chris, are you putting your HR recruitment hat on now and trying to prize me away from TFL into one of the, one I, I, of the roles you're trying to fill? I can advertise. <laughs> I, can, I can advise you. Yes, I can advise you. Um, <laughs> But no, it's 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 definitely it is definitely something that seems to conflict. But yet we hear of you know Sri Miralini Mate saying that it's the thing that meditation was the thing that allowed her to be able to do what she did uh, over years, and she had uh, you know an insane schedule, probably more dare I say than than uh, your your family member, uh, Priyank. But uh, yeah, Mike. Yeah, that's I feel like that's that's a, a role model for a lot of people. I, for me, it was specifically Diamata, how she kept saying that she had so much to do and then she would pile on more and more responsibilities mm -hmm. on her. And at the end of the day, she always kind of managed somehow to get them all done. And I'm not sure if the, the, the takeaway from that is that we should work as hard as we can. I mean, we should work as hard as we can, but we should like overburden ourselves with like uh, work responsibilities. Mm -hmm. But in, in general, like Priyan said, he, he um, volunteers a lot at the center and then balancing this all out, I've, I find this is like something that a lot of people feel inspired by going out to serve, even though they feel like they don't have any time, but they do it anyways. And at the end of the day, it's rewarding because you serve master. And also you will, oftentimes you are capable of doing a lot more than you think you can. Mm. This is a topic that I did want to touch on. This is essentially the topic of limitless possibilities, yeah? And the, the idea is that the, the flesh and bone is more limited to the, to, to the boundlessness of the soul. Um, but whenever I got into the, you know, yoga, um, SRF teachings, I did have that ego where I said, okay, well, I, I want to help others. I want to still be a service to others, to help others. And there's only so many places you can be at once unless you've mastered some cities or something. Um, but one thing that really made an early impression on me was uh, Yogananda did say that through your personal development um, in your soul, like your, your soul development, your self-realization, you can be a greater help to others. And that was what really struck me was that, okay, so you go internally, change yourself, and you can change others. You change change the world. Um, and Clooney, uh, Professor Clooney, does actually go into this in some detail, so we can go go to that. But that was one of the biggest impressions uh, early on uh, that spoke to me. That uh, you can actually influence people through, say, if you're meditating, your your aura when you walk past them, and things like this. So, um, yeah, really, really, uh, really inspired early on by Yogananda's teachings. And I, I'm, I'm glad they included this from Professor Watwa. But what, what were some of the materials that you guys, you know, uh, take uh, as inspiration, the most the publicly available things, the eBooks or uh, the talks or anything like that online, Mike? I mean, yeah, you just threw the talks in there. 
they they are more of a new addition, but I, I love the talks, um, especially the ones from the older monks, because I feel like those I kind of have forgotten about, and then I watch them, and then I'm like, wow, great, great stuff. Um, the books, my always go-to book, Where There's Life. My <laughs> other go-to book, yes. um, yeah. Only Love. That's the one I was expecting when you said the go-to book. <laughs> those are and then of course um i always i don't know right now it's not but often i have like lessons lying around here and there that i go to and one thing that i also find amazing is the, the auxiliary material that the lessons come with in the app like so many of them have like five minutes of guruji speaking and so powerful um so those, I, so those are all, everything that I just mentioned. It's like more the light stuff. Uh, and that's mm -hmm. really my go-to stuff. When I really feel motivated, I pull out the God Talks to Arjuna or something like that, or the, the, the Bible commentary. But mm -hmm. um, those are like my things that I do on a daily basis. Yeah. Great. Do you have any, any little go-to? I'm going to say the Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> I think you, you read, read my mind. <laughs> but um know you too well <laughs> yeah and I, well, I, well, i've mentioned it too many times in the yeah, <laughs> podcast <laughs> yeah but the lessons of course and um like mike said some of the older talks from the brother and the boys of this world and and brother mm. smar and of this world sometimes like you have a couple of couple of um videos that really hit mm. you uh, deepening you know, deep Smarnananda's deepening meditation one, I just, you know, listen to mm -hmm. re regularly um, yeah. and get something new out of it every time. And it mm. helps, helps with the, with the practices, especially in the sitting in the stillness or the motivation to sit in the stillness after your practices. But um, <clears throat> I also really like um, just doing, re-reviewing the review classes. <laughs> yeah. um, and there's always... There's always every time I like the convocation comes around, and you listen, you listen to the review class. I um, Hong saw. I was just listening to recently, and then I just picked up two things that either I'd forgotten to do or that I never did <laughs> correctly <laughs> in the practice. There's always something. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah, I find that quite inspirational. And then and then and then what will happen is you'll you'll have it in in the background of your mind and you'll do it for the first few weeks and then you'll go back to your old habit when something mm -hmm. crazy might be happening in your life and then and then you'll really remember and then you go oh gosh and then hopefully yeah. at one point it will become an ingrained habit to do it the correct way yeah 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 good point um and i think for the listeners the viewers we'll include some description links sorry links in the description on maybe one or two things that we find inspiring on this topic so feel free to share yours in the comments uh, um, good. Yeah, we, we good. can yeah throw around some recommendations to each other that'd be nice um sticking on the topic of limitless they have done this well as always um in this documentary they've included some great images some great shots videos of i guess inspirational scenes really um and examples of uh, i suppose soul expression of um, the desire to be limitless and one of the early uh, shots that we see here is a man famous scene standing in front of um, a column of tanks um, 
and you guys know a little bit about this, so maybe I'll hand over to yes. one of you that wants yeah, to so it's, it's um it's the Chinese it's in China in Tiananmen Tiananmen Square in Beijing, and it was in like 1989. And I think the I think everyone will probably recall this is this this like really thin innocent looking office worker man slash protester and he's just standing in front of the tank or like army of there's, mm -hmm. there's four tanks actually but even in the video that they they show here is just one tank and he like throws his briefcase around and like tries to say get out of the way i'm not moving and the tank driver has no clue what to do because like he's not going to run mm. this guy over because he's got a, he, clearly he has a conscience but i imagine if it was a different tank driver they may have just ran him over so it's such mm. a good divine play that um god made this tank particular tank driver have some sort of conscience because he tried to like swerve out the way if, if you watch the whole video of this he's trying to like swerve out the way then kind of like doesn't know what to do but the reason it's um so powerful is like it's like this this beautiful like act of defiance that really transcends like mortal mortal concepts of like how mortal mm -hmm. your life is and how much your life matters compared to the greater good so i think it's probably in 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 the history of um videography and journalism it probably ranks i'd say what top three top top 10 yeah. at the very at the very least of like most moving videos or mm. images recorded and what a what a shot it is and uh, professor Vadva, um when when this is being like said uh when this is being shown it's like a, it's just su such a good cinematography because um or selection of videos because mm -hmm. literally professor Vadva says like you know it would blip on the planet but on the other hand you also had infinite potentialities and then there's this guy with this heroic act of defiance and it's just a wonderful bit of timing by the directors in, in showing that yeah he's he's basically throwing around a shopping bag in front of a tank yeah. like just no disregard or complete disregard for the for the power of the tank mike it's a it's a very powerful image and imagine the courage this man must have had he might i mean he basically walked in front of a tank and just stopped and i mean for all he knew the tank could have just run him over but he stopped um, and that's it's like Priyank said, like the, the voiceover is saying the infinite potentiality of a human life, right, of a human being. And it's such a good illustration. And you have to think back at this time, 1989, 1990 was such a powerful time where a lot of, a lot of the old systems broke down and there was a lot of... Um, it was a time for renewal and those kind of images um uh were so powerful i i mean i was a little kid when i saw this but people will always remember i'm going to refrain from mentioning the yugas they're in there <laughs> scientific um the holy the holy science the creator i was <laughs> I was uh, just across the border, but a five-year-old child when uh, this was happening. Really? Yeah. You, you were there. So I would, I would have been in India, yeah, at that time, and uh, wow. yeah, I, I, do, I distinctly remember the spiritual ramifications. No, just kidding. Yes, I felt the ripples in the ether. <laughs> yes. 
uh, okay, move, moving on. We we had um, we, we we have some equally moving moving scenes. Um, really, uh, with uh, Indians India's independence. So we see uh, throngs of Indian uh, people, you know, chanting, you know, throwing their arms in in, in the air, celebrating. Um, we see Indian sailors raising the Indian flag, and that replaces the British flag, uh, which is a massive moment, August 15th, 1947. Um, and that was, yeah, Indian Independence Day, I believe, and Gandhi is there. Who, who's the man that Gandhi's with? I'm hoping one of you chaps. That's can... Nehru. That's Nehru. That and you're about Bandit to tell us who Nehru. Nehru, yes. Nehru is, Frank, segue. Oh, seg oh we're segueing. Okay. So, Nehru, oh, he's a. Uh fantastic figure in uh, Indian history and I suppose quite important in the history of that that region or that part of the world and they, they call him Pandit. Pandit means uh, a learned man shall we say and um, <clears throat> he was not, the first. Not the, uh, not the football pundits that we do today. <laughs> that's it? where the word derives from. Uh, really? It's an Indian word yeah that's derived from uh, yes. and uh, it's been uh, uh, anglicized <laughs> for football for football uses apparently just, just and guru yogi <laughs> exactly right yeah so pundit has a quite a deep uh, meaning but uh, no, not not anymore apparently <laughs> but yeah Nehru, Nehru um, he's uh, one of my favorite uh, authors actually in my top three mm. would you believe he's really mm. written um, he's written a couple of phenomenal books um, one of them is called the discovery the discovery of Hin India and another one which is a really really good uh, history of India actually and the reason it's so good is because he wrote a lot of it whilst he was in prison where he didn't actually have access to uh, research material for it so he's writing it from his heart pretty much and he starts mm -hmm. it pretty much from you know the dawn of civilization in that in that region so you know five six seven thousand years ago and to the present to the present day um, and all the, all the things that we know and, and he writes so passionately it's it's he's such a patriot and mm -hmm. he's a controversial figure um because of various uh, controversies surrounding his time and affairs and you know all sorts of silly things like that not not much not many have got much substance but i, I find i find it so interesting that even in india he's very very much um you know <clears throat> uh vilified in in many circles because of that history but i find it very interesting because then i say like and and they say and they say things like he was you know he was a puppet of the british empire uh, and i said uh, and and like uh, he he gave he allowed pakistan you know east and west pakistan to happen he gave too much ground and all these really unpatriotic uh, things and i and i always say like um, have you ever read a word of uh, nehru's writing and they're like no, why, why would I need to? I said, if you if you read glimpses of glimpses of world history, for example, where this is um, his his daughter Indira Gandhi was was one of the prime ministers of India as well, and um, so he, he went whilst he was in prison in India uh, during the British uh, British time and when India was trying to gain its independence, he was in prison and his daughter was was a young young child, you know, fifteen etc., and he wanted to teach her history as he he knew it and so he'd write her letters um and each letter would have a different patch of world history that's of significance and so these letters have been compiled into a book called glimpses of world history and 
And if you if you if you read the bits on India or the book about India, which is the discovery of India, you you there's you could never question his his love for India and his patriotism and his his values. And so it's absolutely stunning. Um, mm. He um, he obviously was very close with Gandhi, and uh, he was Gandhi's protege, as 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 you would as you would say. Um, but he was uh, as an orator, he. I would I would probably rank him in the top three I've ever I've ever heard, um, and mm -hmm. his um, his famous uh, his famous speech on the independent Indian independence after independence was achieved in um, in, uh, in as as depicted pictured in this film in, in the house in 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 the Indian Parliament was uh, mm -hmm. very important um, and it's very very the words and the way he delivered them, you know, it's, the, the speech is entitled a tryst, a tryst with destiny. And it starts like long years ago, we made a tryst with destiny and the time has now come where we shall redeem that pledge, not wholly or in full measure, but very substantially. And I'm, I'm saying this from memory. I don't, I am not reading it out. And that, that is such a powerful speech. Um, um, so I'd really encourage, I'll put a link to it and there's a, there's a video of it. Um, as well so mm -hmm. it's, it's a really beautiful and powerful speech and uh, is ranked in history it's ranked very very highly um you know in, in the same kind of file as uh, winston churchill's famous speech in, in the parliament near that time where we'll fight them on the beaches we'll fight them mm. you know it's on the in, it's on the same but um the trist with destiny speech uh, i don't think i've heard any but any any better um than that but obviously it's quite mm -hmm. a subjective, subjective take. But uh, let me, let me, um, let, so everyone's probably heard the Trish with Destiny speech. Or so if you haven't, uh, when you hear um, it, you'll, you, when you hear it, you'll, you'll know when you hear it. You probably think you haven't heard it, maybe. but um, I'll okay. put a link to it and then you can, uh, you can hear it. But I, I'll instead let me play a, um, uh, I've had quite a big rant about Nehru, haven't I? But I absolutely love the guy. Um, <laughs> let it. me let me play you. So this is a video of um, the first um, 1953 Nehru's first television uh, recording or interview. So he came to uh, England for some sort of coronation, and the British media interviewed him. And he's being interviewed by um, some some high profile journalists and economists and and things like that. And they ask him they ask him about the very special relationship um, and democracy. Um, special relationship between UK and America, and uh, how you know the post post Second World War, how that's changing things in world politics and democracy and around the world. And this is Nehru's uh, response. So first, the, the questioner speaks, the British questioner, and then Nehru will respond. Uh, that to aim for that uh, has has a value of its own, and that it may require sometimes some compromises from our side with policies that we don't see 100% eye to eye with on the other side of the Atlantic. Uh, but Mr. Hudson, um, politicians are always compromising. They have to. But there is a tendency, if I may say so, for uh, leading statesmen in Europe and America to look at the world from Europe and America. Well, if we look at the same world with the same principles, from let us say Delhi or some place in or Karachi, well, the world looks slightly different. Geography counts. Take the question of China. China is a distant country to most people in Europe 
and America. China is a country having a 2,000 mile frontier with India. Well, it's a different picture to us immediately. <laughs> now, you can hear his uh, oratory skills. You, you may not even be able to tell his Indian accent. It's so, uh, it's so subtle, obviously. He was he was he, he went to England to study, but uh, you can see like if you if you hear some politicians when they speak, um, their, their messages are timeless. So mm -hmm. he could have been talking right. This could be Narendra Modi right now. And he would have said exactly the same thing on what's happening in Russia, what's happening in China and India, India mm -hmm. relationships with Russia, China and America and Australia and the Quad and all those kind of things. So Nehru is uh, he is back on the money in my my humble opinion yeah mike yes i i like that you made this comparison with today and back then because i feel like especially in western countries we, we still don't really haven't really understood that there is other places in the world and they have different perspectives than we do and they're equally as important as ours right and i mean we've come a long way surely but um I, I don't think we are as far as we should be, and and um and we still oftentimes look at other countries that are far away and go like, yeah, that's not my problem. <laughs> but then, <laughs> but then we wonder when those countries look at us and when we have problems and go like, yeah, that's also not my problem, right? <laughs> yeah, Yogananda said to um, garner love for yourself your guru your family your friends for those around you for your colleagues for your nation mm. or you know the continent for the world and you know you can have this universal love but it, but it is stepping stones it seems um probably most of us can truly love ourselves entirely let alone love other people so yeah it's it's not, not certainly not an ideal world that we live in um, on that regard, but and didn't he also say um, on the talk on loyalty? I think Brother Anandamoy talks about it um, on, on his talk on loyalty. He says, mm -hmm. you know, be, be loyal to your family, be loyal to your local government, be loyal to your country. If you can't be loyal on those planes, those uh, gross planes, how the hell are you going to be expect mm -hmm. to be loyal when the most you know important subtle realms? come to, to to pass i you know when, when you have your spiritual experiences or yeah. the point of death um i think that was that's in the loyalty talk by brother and another 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 beautiful talk I, I, I guess that's probably got something to do with how we view things where we view with the lens of history a lot of the times now that we're learning so much you know every day you can be exposed to virtually all the history in the world you know on, on the on the laptops on your phones so we kind of view the current times with the lens of the past rather than view them as they are today or you know the potential that they have so we, we're quite keen to punish and criticize rather than objectively look at something today like we look at people we judge people for their past actions instead of how they are today and their you know potentials um so yeah hard to hard to move past that unfortunately for many of us um on, on the topic of india's independence um, shall we read a beautiful poem that Paramahansa Yogananda wrote and uh, yeah, spoke very eloquently on? Um, Mike, do you want to kick us off? This is a poem on India and Yogananda's Absolutely. for India. Yes. At last, in India, to find itself, though mortal fires raise all her homes, 
and golden paddy fields, yet to sleep on her ashes and dream immortality. Oh, India, I will be there. The guns of science and matter have boomed on her shores, yet she is unconquered. Her soul is free evermore. Her soldier saints are away. Their route with realizations ray. The bandits of hate, prejudice, and patriotic selfishness. And to burn the walls of separation dark between children of the one, one father. Brian, can you continue? The Western brothers by matters right have conquered my land. Blow, blow aloud, her conch shells all. India now invades with love to conquer their souls. Better than heaven or Arcadia, I love thee, O oh my India, and thy love I shall give to every brother nation that lives. God made the earth, man made confining countries, and their fancy frozen boundaries. But with newfound boundless love, I beh behold the borderland of my India, expanding into the world. Hail, mother of religions, lotus, scenic beauty, and sages. Thy wide doors are open, welcoming God's true sons through all ages, where Ganges, woods, Himalayan caves, and men dream God. I am hallowed, my body touched that sod. Beautiful. So that is a, a glimpse into the window of the soul of Yogananda and his love for India. And moving on, can't really top that. We should have finished on that poem. Um, <laughs> to, be, <laughs> to be honest, I love the um, the bit in um, man-made confining countries and their fancy frozen boundaries. <laughs> I really, mm. really like that fancy frozen boundaries. That applies, that applies to countries as well as our neighbours, doesn't it? So gross to, mm. uh, gross to grand to small boundaries. Mike, jump in. Burji mentions that more than once, the man-made borders. I think there's a talk in Man's Eternal Quest where he talks about this. It's called Countries Beware. And I always wonder, like, um, imagine you don't have those borders. Are there any other kind of borders, or is, are we just all one? And then, what does India mean then? Is India the whole world, India, or is that like you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. I'm, I, I, we'll see how this pans out. Maybe I won't see it. Maybe mm. it's, it's too long of a time frame. But excited for what's to come. It, are, are there, if Earth is awake as we are awake, mm -hmm. conscious as we are conscious, mm -hmm. does it have chakras as we have chakras? <laughs> uh, in some ways, yeah. you know, energetic nodes. And then that there's maybe expressions all over the world. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Let but me... certainly it seems like there's polar opposites in some way in the US and India, which Yogananda talked about a lot. Yeah, Guruji was very delighted wasn't he when independence was achieved um mike i'll throw the question back at you um on what you just the last point you raised about the boundaries and borderlessness but in in the lofty planet of hiranya loka do you think there's boundaries in that country 
Before you mentioned this, I wouldn't have thought so. But now I'm like, maybe there is some kind of cosmic laws that there need to be boundaries. Maybe not. I wouldn't have thought so. I would have thought this is just one planet where everybody is can go wherever they want to go. What, what about the the residents that have mm. permanent residency and the ones that are coming for a passing passing foray? Oh, I see. What? Do you, do you I, think I, that I, there's property property rights there? Or yeah. <laughs> there definitely must be a separation in realms because because uh, if if you're a permanent resident, I you've you've you know as Guruji describes in the chapter of resurrection of uh, Sri Yukteswar, he says um, there's two types of inhabitants, isn't there? He says if you've passed the highest stage of nirvikalpa samadhi in this life on this plane of on Earth, then you can then ascend to planets such as Hiranyaloka, where you can then work out your astral ties um, and then you're there for however long you don't descend back to uh, an earthly type realm but then there's also those that haven't um, gone to that stage and then when they they go to planets like Hiranyaloka but they are unaware of all the beauties and the, the freedom that a planet such as Hiranyaloka offers a soul they just go in the dream state and then enjoy it like kind of subconsciously and then and then come back so there must be at least mm. even in Hiranyaloka there must be a slight uh, separation of realm between the two types of inhabitants um, controversial obviously I'm in no way qualified as I'm sure everyone <laughs> knows to comment on such things <laughs> it's fun though it is fun, it is fun. Let's ask Yogananda to see if anybody comes back. Yeah, let's meditate on this. I can't wait to go there. Go there. Exactly. As, as, when, as, a permanent, as a permanent inhabitant, not a, as a, term, not term, as a visitor. Not a visitor. No. I don't want a tourist visa. <laughs> I want residency, permanent residency. Yeah. <laughs> well, can't uh, wait. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll take whatever <laughs> what I get. I think I'll be thankful. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. So so a beautiful a beautiful poem. Um, you could probably spend uh, an episode just going through that and analyzing it, but we'll uh, we'll not because it is slightly mentioned in an upcoming minute. So yes, not, because because this is the same lines that Guruji recited, I, where Gandhi's woods, Himalayan caves, and men dream God, I am hallowed, my body touched that sod, and then Guruji took his glorious Mahasamadhi in that lovely ballroom. Uh, Biltmore Hotel. Biltmore Hotel, that's the one I was going to yeah. ask you. You're two steps ahead of me. Yeah, so we'll, we're going to discuss that in infinitely more detail in a coming episode. Nice. And we have Professor Clooney then making an appearance and he's talking about the limited sense of our capacity. Um, but uh, it does say that we have the ability to overcome disease, overcome poverty, which I don't know, overcoming poverty kind of to me seems like a very touchy subject these days in some ways because there's so many self-help books and think your way out of poverty Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, these kind of people who are supposedly massive crooks and scam artists and things. But, you know, I have no doubt that Guruji's teachings, just to bring, bring it back to maybe a more sensible lens, um, you know, they're amazing. Um, 
but uh, I think some people might say, well, are people responsible for the poverty or is it uh, other, other people and so on and so forth. But, um, we, uh, we see Clooney saying that um, we have the ability then, the power to begin to transform this world, which is a very powerful statement in and of itself and beautiful one, Priyank. Yeah, um, like he, he says this in a very moving way and Professor Clooney is, that, vid, that, that interview we did with him was the fantastic one. He certainly mm. would have been my professor of choice at the university if I had had that opportunity. Harvard, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. But he what his message is is delivered in two ways. I his words are quite poignant. I mm -hmm. you know, our own we you know, we don't consider or we don't realize how much potential we have in shaping the problems and providing the solutions um that that there are in the world. And you know, think he mentions disease overcoming and overcoming poverty and just as powerful as those words which they are obviously quite moving he says it in a very very the feeling you get when he after he said it is is really beautiful one and it really mm. really is inspiring and encouraging that's why i was just saying if i was in his uh, in his lecture room every day that would be a, or heaven forbid if he was my tutor oh, I, would, I would have made the most of those tutorials i must tell you <laughs> you'd, you'd be at, at the front recording every word said yeah yeah the tut tutorials um yeah especially in harvard i think um they're, they're just pretty they'd be one-on-one -on -one, i imagine especially yeah. um especially for his classes um we used to have like in my lesser university had uh, three or four three or four students to one um, which is not as cool and mm. our lecturers weren't obviously nowhere near as cool we did have one very um cool uh scottish very deeply scottish accented but very spoke softly spoken astrophysicist um and so he would talk about the planets and the stars and the constellations and mm. everyone would go to sleep because his voice was <laughs> so beautiful <laughs> and quite similar to how beautiful george uh, professor clooney's uh, voice is um but once I remember in that class, I remember, so this is a huge segue. I remember like staying awake was nigh on impossible. That's how beautiful his voice was and the subject matter, obviously the stars being that way. Um, but I once remember, I thought, okay, I need to at least go to one class where I don't fall asleep. So I remember I got, I made sure, uh, I didn't go out with my friends. I didn't like have have any social engagements. I said twelve. I'm going to sleep twelve hours. Yeah. So I dedicated like went to sleep at eight o'clock. And I was like, I'm going to just you know force myself. So I went to sleep, got in most of those twelve hours. Had a nine, nine a.m. lecture with him, and I still fell asleep in his class. <laughs> Good God, fall asleep in class. I didn't think we'd be talking about that in this episode. <laughs> Use the Sorry. power of your mind. Right? You obviously <laughs> yeah. didn't have SRS did. at that point, did you? Um, no, I didn't. Aha. Very there good. Go. Very Spot good. Spot the problem. We have Very the good. <laughs> Very good. Mike, do you, uh, do you have students falling asleep in your class? Say again? Do you have students falling asleep in your class? Um, I have, I uh, I've seen people falling asleep during meditation. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've I've had I've I've done yeah. services before where people some people start snoring. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's and it happens and I've seen um 
talked at convocation where monks addressed that and they said first the good news that's actually something that 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 means that you are really good at relaxing your body and, <laughs> and retrieving energy right like something you're supposed to do but then at some point you take the wrong turn and, and suddenly you're in dreamland rather than in in deep meditation and mm. so I, I think this is something that doesn't just happen to few devotees it, it, it does happen so you see it every now and then um and it's uh, yeah uh something <laughs> to overcome right that's the thing right you it's it's not a linear path every now and then you get an obstacle in your spiritual path and then you need to overcome it slowly and that's probably one of them and i guess mm. falling asleep in class is much less consequential than falling asleep regularly in meditation i am um, <laughs> in the evenings if i have had a busy day or i've gone had a particularly hard session in the swimming pool or gym then in the evening sometimes i do nod off evening meditations mm. but um mm. happens very infrequently thankfully but it does happen mm. even even to me but i'm i yeah but allowing yourself to get into such a deep state that you'd snore that's i think that's on <laughs> that's on another level i love that the, the feedback sandwich that that monk gave in in the class that you just mentioned uh, michael <laughs> you're you know doing well you know your your sleep is rejuvenating and relaxing but <laughs> <laughs> it's good, yeah. good for the good for the body not for the soul <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. i mean i would the tips that the monk gave was obviously open a window get some oxygen in and I don't know, like if I meditate on the floor, I'm much less likely to get tired during meditation. And you know, um, and during, you know, marching on the spot, um, mm. you can, mm. he said, uh, you know, you tense your whole body, then you can march on the spot. Like if you don't have time for mm -hmm. energization, there's a short version, which is that, that, that. And then, and then he said, um, whilst marching, you can march to the tune of, I'm awake and ready. I'm awake <laughs> and ready. I'm awake and ready. And that yeah. should make that sh that affirmation alone, as well as the action of marching, should allow you to be awake and ready for the meditation. <laughs> Amazing. I'll do it next time. <laughs> one thing I also really like is doing energizations, um, one each, because it's like super fast. It, you finish it like in five oh, minutes. Oh, so you're saying cheating. Yeah. So not doing the three to five. I, I was, it's all coming out now. Sleeping, cheating. So, so a monk suggested that to me. It's like better to do one each than to not do them. And I was like, all right. <laughs> yes. Hopefully there's ever, no... Ever no. Since. <laughs> Hopefully there's, there's on, no... On occasion I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully there's no non-SRF lesson students listening going, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> Stick, stick to stick to Guruji's teachings. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, true. that's true. Good, uh, good segue here. Energization exercises. One of the ways that you're going to have to talk about fighting off disease. What ah, were yes. the other? What were the other ways of fighting off disease? You can, you can name a few. Fighting off disease affirmations. Yeah, of course. Healthy living. Yep, living by like food things you mean or yeah sleeping properly all of that good stuff yeah all like everything all of the above not yeah. sleeping during <laughs> meditations probably helps yeah, yeah good sleep not during meditation <laughs> yeah. yeah 
One, one thing that doesn't always come up, but I feel like it's important is like introspection and unweeding all the yuck from mm. your mind, getting rid of all mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So Yogananda talked about um, disease really in three ways uh, the mental, physical, and the soul. Mm. And he said, um, your, his guru, Sri Yukteswar, would say, wisdom is one of the best remedies for diseases um and there, there there's lots of material on yogananda talking about disease uh and how to rid yourself or simply not get disease in the first place um there's lessons there's talks there's great ebooks uh we we can list a few again in the in the descriptions scientific healing affirmations um there's a book called uh, healing by God's unlimited power, um, harmonizing physical, mental, and spiritual methods of healing. In the lessons, he talks really about some specifics that we can't really go into, but healing the eyes, your stomach, the digestive tract. Um, he gives you that those instructions of how to actually go about doing that. I did. I, I'm a hypocrite here because I wear glasses, and he talks about if you basically don't want, you know, you could heal your eyes so that <laughs> you can, um, no need for glasses, right? Um, I need to put that to the test. Hmm. But a few, a few other things that he says really sun, sun, 10 minutes of sun per day, sun baths, yeah, sun baths, cool. yeah, sun baths, exactly. Yeah, um, unless you live in the UK, oh, well, yeah. the pain, <laughs> the pain, Priyank, what are you doing for your sun baths? <laughs> You're falling behind on this. Try and <laughs> try and have one round of golf a week. Well, one uh, thing that you're doing is fasting, yeah. So you fast yeah, regularly. That's right, true. You're very that's good. True. You, you do that's fast, and that's once a week, and twice a month. Yeah. Yeah. Fighting that disease. That is actually yeah. one of the most important things: the fasting once one day per week. I think um, he Guruji mentioned that in so many like. I think he mentioned that even in the autobiography of a yogi where he, met, where he meets an older devotee and he says, by fasting regularly, he has maintained health into high age. Mm. So, mm. very powerful. Yeah. yeah, and lots of studies been done on that uh, more recently. Mm. So that's, he is uh, speaking well ahead of his time, Guruji, mm. um, as usual. Yeah. Um, the, other, the other thing which was really cool um, was joy. You mentioned joy, you know, the, the power of the smile, the genuine smile um, can allow the power of God to enter the, the body and the mind. And it helps distribute cosmic current prana um, into every body, body cell. And that's really cool. Um, uh, because it's not something I think is so, uh, it's not promoted, is it, uh, much in the world. Um, but it really does, like when, you, when you're joyful, when you smile, you can feel uplifted, your, your, the, bodies, mm -hmm. the body cells are, are tingling. Um, so yeah, it's something that you could experience just uh, by sitting uh, in the place that you're sitting on. They, I totally agree. I think the, the joy actually like um, enforces or it helps your healing powers. And the opposite is when you're, when you're sad, then it hinders mm. it. So very important to always stay in a happy, peaceful state of mind for health. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you have anything here, Mike, um, that you would go to when it comes to like spiritual methods of healing, you know, any material with Yogananda's teachings 
any talks, anything like that? Um, one thing that came up in the last convocation that I liked was that the monk said, whenever you have like a body part that's injured or hurting, um, that life energy is intelligent life energy. So if you just pen the area around there, that means life energy is being directed to that area and it will automatically start healing. I found that pretty cool. And I, I used that recently, found that very helpful. Yeah, it works. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I mean, in the, in the end, you, you never know the percentages mm. or something, but I did it, it's healed, I was happy about it. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's such a powerful statement by uh, Professor Clooney here that we're far too limited by the sense of our capacity as human beings to overcome disease. Um, you know, we do rely heavily on, on the Western uh, world, you know, the medicine, pharmace pharmaceuticals, especially in the US, um, things like this, but um, really nice that they in included this inspirational message from uh, Professor Clooney. And of course, this is something Yogananda talked about a lot. So it's, it's great to see in there. Um, so really, <clears throat> chaps, we've covered topics of the minute that we wanted to cover, um, limitless possibilities, um, and then the overcoming disease. India's independence. Is there anything else from the minute that you would like to cover to, or that we didn't cover? Nope, I'm happy. Happy as Larry. Yeah. Good. Larry well, was a happy chap in England. Who's, who's Larry? Exactly. Cockney. Happy as Larry. Rhyming slang. Did not have that in Austria. Yeah. <laughs> Copy right. Rams. Nope. That's that's great. It's a great minute. Great uh, great content. We'll roll on to the next one. Um, so Jaguru, thank you so much for joining. And until next time. Jaguru, everyone. Jaguru. Jai Ma. Jai Ma.